This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound. I'm your host Ian Turner. I'm going to get right into it today because there's so much amazing music for you to enjoy. Very quickly, remember, there's a chance for you to win tickets to Marlon Williams, Don McGlashan and Emily Fairlight at the Christchurch Town Hall March 3rd. Just head to gardenofsound.nz to enter that competition. And on that page, you'll also see deep in concentration my guest today, Heather Webb. She's a fabulous guitarist. She's a teacher, an arranger, a composer, whose love of music shines through everything she does, from rock operas to jazz quartets and everything in between. But what kind of role models are out there today for women who play guitar, and how is Heather Webb making a difference? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Heather Webb on Plains FM 96.9. Heather, I want to kick off with uh, your first musical memory. What's the first thing you remember in your life? I think it would be um, dancing to my dad playing and playing guitar and singing and at the at our house when me and my sisters were young um we used to put a hat on the floor and dance around it while he was playing and singing just Quite at home folky was there sort of a, a folky atmosphere at home growing up um well my dad um played a, a lot of and uh and sings a lot of folk kind of songs he's into um bob dylan you know neil young and um those kind that kind of era of music was there any music uh from your mother she um comes from a very musical family um she used to play some guitar but her interests led her elsewhere i think she's a scientist so um yeah she's a good musician but she's decided to be a scientist so what led you in the musical direction or to take the musical path my mum actually encouraged me to study at the jazz school she said um it's a thing that's a really good thing to do while you're young and if you finish or whatever if you try the jazz school and decide you still want to do science it's fine you can go off and do science after that but music's a a great thing to try while you're young so yeah I basically took her advice and yeah auditioned prior to that what about your musical education growing up I had formal lessons kind of kind of formal the friend of my dad like I had some lessons on the piano accordion when I was again the folk influence yeah yeah it was a lot of folk music um I saw the my mum's also Dutch um and so we were at a Dutch festival and I saw someone playing a piano accordion and I said can I have one of those and she said yeah well they didn't. They got me one as a what surprise. What attracted you to the piano accordion? Was I don't just know. The look. I think probably. Oh, maybe the sound is like really bouncy. Great sound. Full sound from just a small instrument. So you've got that massive range, and um, in the left hand, pressing one button plays three notes, or so you can get this big sound just from one person. And then I, um, my dad went to art school with a woman who conducted the Christchurch Accordion Orchestra. So I had lessons with her for lots of years. I don't know how, how many it would be. Um, but I learned to read music and 
Um, yeah, I, I learned a lot of music theory through that and I played in the orchestra. Although I think I played, they were all mic'd up and I played without a mic, I think. <laughs> so I was really quite young. So piano, accordion, but this is a long way from the guitar as such, apart from the fact you're using both hands. How did the yeah. guitar come along, enter the scene? Um, well, my yeah, as I said before, my dad played while we were at home and there were guitars around. Um, but I always actually thought I would never want to play the guitar. I don't know why that was. But then when I was um, towards the end of primary school, one of my best friends played and he showed me a song and that was it really. And then my what dad showed that? me. What was that song? Uh, it was a religious song. All I remember is that it had an A minor in it. <laughs> and it was something about light. <laughs> but I can't remember. What were the things that you started to play aside from the uh, religious tracks? Was there sort of any popular music that you uh, started on guitar? I played a lot of um, the music my dad played, I think. I like um, learned a lot of Neil Young and Bob Dylan and that kind of acoustic folk stuff. And then I had a short phase of loving rock music, um, mostly Guns N' Roses and Led Zeppelin. Bought myself an electric guitar. Do you remember the brand? Yeah, it was a a Kramer or Kramer 300ST or something, a grey thing. I since sold it um, to a young girl, actually, which I was pretty happy about. So what were your favourite Led Zeppelin or Guns N' Roses tracks? I actually liked, it's probably like their least rocky Led Zeppelin song, um, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You. I loved that kind of slow, it's like a 12-8 wailing bluesy guitar thing. Um, And then Guns N' Roses, I had a CD, I think it was my older sister's Best Of, so I just listened to that over and over and over, Best Of, yeah. So what would you say is your favourite slash solo? Oh, um, it would have to be the November Rain, at the end of November Rain. It's like this extended guitar solo. It's amazing. Yeah, sounds great. That would be that, I would say. Where did your influences sort of take you or or lead you after that? When did your musical sort of education expand into other artists? And who were those people that influenced you? I really wanted to play guitar in a band, but I just wasn't going to... It was just too difficult. So I ended up learning a lot of solo guitar music. So I got into fingerstyle playing. That kind of took me to the end of high school. And then I knew there was this music school in Christchurch. And I didn't actually know that much about jazz. Um, but I had heard that if you could play jazz, you could play anything. So I was like, well, I should probably learn jazz then. Um, I learned from Graham Wardrop, who's a really good fingerstyle player. And then I had a about a year's worth of lessons with um, Harry Harrison, who's a local jazz guitarist. Well, more than jazz, but he teaches at the jazz school, so he helped me prepare my audition um, for the jazz school and the Wellington one. I think it's time for some music. Uh, There have been quite diverse influences across the years, but is there a track from a particular artist that you'd like to play now? There's definitely one artist that always springs to mind when I think of people who have um, influenced me a lot and that's a uh, Israeli guitarist he's New York based now his name is Gillard Hexelman and I came across him in about my second year of jazz school I think and it was a moment of hearing jazz guitar in a way that I was like that is how I want to play 
because it took the guitar a while to develop um, because of amplification. They couldn't um, be a soloist for longer than louder instruments. So guitarists kind of developed in jazz a bit later on. So a lot of the early jazz guitar stuff is quite hard to enjoy. Um, they have uh, kind of um, very bluesy vocab and not such um, good jazz vocab and the recording techniques are not good. And so this was a modern guitarist who had this like beautiful sound and great sense of time and phrasing that's just really locked in with everything I just loved about music. So yeah, Gillard would be my, my go-to. And uh, this is a track he wrote called Verona from uh, album Holmes, which is his uh, second most recent album, I think. Um, and I chose it because it's got a bit of finger style kind of technique at the beginning, which I am drawn to, and just like beautiful sound and just everything about his playing encompassed in this track.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Heather Webb on Plains FM 96.9. Heather, I want to talk about the first concert, the first gig you ever got along to. Yeah, I think it was probably a Paul Urbana Jones concert. A friend of my parents, Sam Mann, has a big barn kind of house out near Swananoa somewhere and he hosts Paul Urbana Jones for these like amazing intimate concerts. Again, he plays a lot of fingerstyle guitar, really intricate stuff to accompany his own singing. Um, and he's got this huge, deep voice and a really uh, strong sound on the guitar as well. He's got this beautiful belly treble and then really um, percussive bass sound. So I was just mesmerized by this um, concert. Yeah, Paula Barna Jones. And we've been back and seen a handful more. Whenever he's there, we try and go. So. Yeah, I think that would be the earliest thing, probably. Tell me about your your first live jazz gig outside of the, outside the of jazz that. school ah, confines, yeah. perhaps. I think it was at Pomeroy's, was it the first kind of gig I did. I think I hosted a jam session. And you do the first hour up front you play as a um, gig type thing, and then it's open for a jam. And I think I was a ring-in, but in a guitar trio, you're... The guitar is really the leader, and so I was really scared. Overall, how did the um, Pomeroy's gig end up? I think it was okay and a lot of fun, but it was quite nerve-wracking having to um, play an hour's worth of... The improvising part is okay because you're just making that up. But the, <laughs> the melodies at the beginning, 
and endings like queuing endings I think I was quite nervous about that but it doesn't actually take that long to get um, used to what the, the cues you need to give and I mean everyone has to go through those first few gigs of it being really nerve-wracking and then it's great. Is there anything that you wish that you'd achieved or done differently maybe going through jazz school maybe advice you'd like to pass on to a younger version of yourself? I was the only female in the studying guitar um, and I got a bit self-conscious about my way of approaching it I think because I felt I remember feeling like if I make a mistake in a critique session everyone will remember who made it because I'm the only woman playing and so but that's not important at all and looking back it's you know it's nothing and there's no one um, making you feel like that but I think I I could have just had a bit more confidence in my own style and um, my own kind of learning my own way of learning continued the same way that I had started I mean I got back there eventually but it's a bit of a shock going into a music school I think Um, yeah on the female note, yeah. who are your top five female guitar heroes? Oh, I don't know if I would have a top five. Thus, is there an issue? One reason I don't have a top five is that a lot of the women who play um, professionally play quite heavy rock music. And I think that's a, I mean, I don't know, it's just a, I think, I feel like that's kind of a pushing back kind of thing. Um, Jennifer Batten is one. Uh, she played for Michael Jackson. She's a great player, and I, I saw her play at a guitar festival in Taranaki. Um, so she would be in there. But as far as, like, a female guitarists who play music I love, there's only really... Uh, there's a woman, Emily Remler. She's passed away, but she played um, jazz guitar, and she passed away quite young. So there's not a lot of stuff that she did, but the stuff she did isn't great. It's like I remember um, my guitar teacher showing me her, particularly because she was another woman, and I just loved it. Um, so she would definitely probably be my number one. There's another woman called Mimi Fox who I've watched a bit on uh, online. She does great jazz kind of bluesy stuff. But yeah, a lot of this, and nowadays there's actually a, a lot of young women playing great guitar on Instagram. Um, there's a lot of music stuff happening on Instagram and I follow a lot of them. Is that a case of they were always out there but we just didn't have the medium to, to be able to see them doing their thing in their bedroom? That would definitely be part of it. I think a big part of it is um, having role models. It's nice to see someone with a like a body that's more similar to yours. It's like quite a physical thing playing the guitar and so it's great to see... Um, yeah, a body that looks more like yours playing and you feel more like it's a thing you can do. Um, I think I get a, a lot of female students for that reason because I think their parents think, oh, I'll show her that it's normal for a woman to be playing. So I, last year I think I only, except for one, I only had female students. But apparently there's quite a big drop-off after high school. Uh, the girls in all sorts of instruments don't go and study I think it's a big role model thing. So I think it's time for some music. Cool. We were talking about um, we we're talking about role models um, yeah. and musical heroes earlier. Um, have you got a favourite piece of music? Yeah, this was a very hard track to decide on, um, but I think it would have to be uh, a, a Beatles song. 
I listened to a lot of the Beatles and I incorporated them in some study I did. Uh, and I just love their lyrics and they can they can seem to be able to write in any style. It's just amazing. So uh, I chose Martha, my dear. I love the bouncy, um, happy feel of it, but it's also got a lot of tonalities in the chords, just continuously moving and there's some odd time bars and all that kind of music nerdy stuff that you love. But yeah, Martha, my dear by the Beatles. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Heather Webb on Plains FM 96.9. Heather, I want to talk about music making process and we are going to hear one of your your tracks but you you arrange as well how do you how do you approach a new composition or perhaps an arrangement i definitely start conceptually i think uh so that as in trying to think about what i'm trying to convey why am i if i'm arranging why am i changing this piece uh what kind of mood or i might have some sort of musical idea that i want to be what the piece is about um that's with composing as well so I have a lot of notes on my phone of this piece will be like this but there's no musical um, information necessarily in that it's that it's about these two instruments conversing or something like that so I definitely start with some sort of concept and then I think it's about um 
I'll have quite a good idea of where it's going to go from there. And then I take it onto an instrument and jam. I record what I'm doing so that if something happens that I like, it's not gone. So I will jam recording it somehow and uh, listen back. Definitely listening back I think is really important because sometimes you think that wasn't any good or you think it was good and you listen back and it's totally the opposite. So um, that's a really important part. And then it's a lot of editing, trying it again, editing the tiniest bit. Um, you, you you have like as much time as you want. So it's not necessary to leave bits that you don't like. So I'm like really um, trying to edit as much. And I run out of energy, just take a break, come back. How much actual notation goes in at the the early stage? Not really any. I think that's that's another reason for recording. Um, I find that the notation bit stops the flow of what I'm trying to do, so I will notate it at the end. Like almost final stage would be notating. Before we hear more about the creation of this piece, we're going to to hear. I, I just want to talk about tools of the trade. We yep. heard about your um, your Kramer, yeah, your Greg Kramer, which you, you sold. What are you playing now? I play. Um, I, th- I have four guitars. Uh, one acoustic, a Takamine from eighty, the eighties, which I bought from a my old music teacher's husband. Um, really beautiful. Um, acoustic big body I think it's a dreadnought acoustic guitar um, and then I have three electric guitars one is a uh, Japanese squire um, a first first or second year JV squire so it's got really good um, electronics and all Fender hardware and stuff um, which I bought overseas actually all of my electric guitars were bought on Denmark Street in London and then two semi hollows one three three five and a 137 Gibsons. Um, the 335 kind of crossover, bluesy, can do jazz, can do the pop stuff. Is that your favourite? No, the, uh, oh, that's, I don't want to in- insult any of them. Do they have names? <laughs> they do, actually. Oh, okay. No, I want to I hear. Oh, do you? Yes, absolutely. The squire is called um, Sir Auric van Lichtenstein <laughs> from A Knight's Tale. Because he's a because it's a squire, and then the my one three seven, which would be my favourite probably, because I went through my study with that guitar and played a lot of stuff on that guitar. That's I use it for my jazz stuff really. Um, that's the one on the recording. Um, it's called Sherlock after Sherlock Holmes, because when I bought it, we had just been to the Sherlock Holmes Museum in London, and the. The 335 is called Don't Tell Harry <laughs> because I was going to sell it. I bought it to sell it, but um, eventually someone phoned up to buy it and I couldn't sell it, so I kept it. But it was called Don't Tell Harry because in the Spider-Man movie um, with Tobey Maguire, they're always keeping secrets from his friend Harry and they always say Don't Tell Harry, so it was kind of like Don't Tell it this guitar that I'm just going to sell it. I want to go back to um, uh, this particular track uh, with the group uh, Sumo. Yep. Yeah, which we're going to hear very, very shortly. Where, where was it recorded? It was recorded at the uh, Art of Music Arts, or the jazz school, in the recording studio. And have you had much experience recording? 
Um, that was my first real hit at a proper recording, I think, as far as I know. And since then I recorded, uh, I did a session with Richard Merritt for his arrangement of Beautiful City at Orange Studios. Um, recorded a short album with the All Gill Big Band. Um, it was a big day of recording. Uh, maybe a few sessions. Yeah, not a lot, but um, slowly racking up a bit of experience recently. And recording live, is there a... Is there a preferred medium of expression for you? They both offer different things, I think. Live, um, depending on the environment, in a concert can be really magical, uh, but it's gone after that. So I have a great memory of a gig I did in the Jazz Fest, Christchurch Jazz Festival last year with a band of mine called The Stick. And that was, I always feel like that was the best concert I've ever done. But there's no recording of it, so I have no way of knowing. Can you put your finger on it as to why why you feel it was the best? I chose all the music, I think. And it was three other musicians who I really relate to musically and we had a it was a really open listening environment. I had some friends in the audience. It was a great rapport with the audience I felt. Uh yeah. It was after I had been, came out of a really busy time doing a lot of playing, so I felt quite comfortable with my playing, I think. Uh, so that that was a really, it's been um, proposed to me that maybe I loved it because it wasn't being recorded at all, like it wasn't being filmed or anything. But I do wish there was some sort of thing that I could look back on with it. But it's a great memory. Uh, but then in the studio... Once you can let go of that like red light anxiety, um, can, you can create some great stuff in the studio. It's like quite an unnatural environment at the beginning, but I think you can overcome those things. And then everything is captured and you can make the sounds like perfect. You know, you have all that opportunity to edit and edit like sounds and things. So, um, yeah, they have they both have their advantages. Um. I do want to hear this um, this particular track. Yep. What is it about? So I was thinking about the musicians I was composing for. I wanted to have a short uh, chordal theme that was developed. So it's an eight-bar chord sequence, which slowly develops into more complex chords. It's a like a three-note voicing with a moving bass note, and slowly those voicings are developed have extent more extensions and the melody starts quite simply and then uh through a section of improv is supposed to kind of move into this more complicated melody that's got kind of um it's like a counter rhythm to the chord bit underneath so it's it's supposed to be a this big development in lots of different musical ways of this original theme uh but i wouldn't say it's about that's why it's called replay because it just goes over and over underneath. But it's not about like it's not about going for a walk or something. <laughs>
This is the Gardner Sound interview with Heather Webb on Plains FM 96.9. Heather, we just heard your uh, track replay, and you did speak about the Christchurch Jazz Festival um, last year and a, a tremendous musical time for you. So what about fantasies or musical goals? Uh, anyone you want to work with, anything you want to do, anywhere you want to go? I definitely have a goal to record my own uh, original music album. So, like, with the stick or something like that. Um, I've worked with a lot of people that I've always wanted to work with in Christchurch. There's so many good musicians around here um, that I have been lucky to work with. And one thing that I would like to do more is work with um, New Zealand musicians from Auckland. I know a few of the Wellington people now from going up for the jazz festival, the Wellington Jazz Festival and things like that. There are really just amazing some amazing musicians in Auckland that it would be awesome to have some sort of um, play with so there's a lot of jazz where is the where is the money at what's (laughs) sort of paying the bills for Heather uh you can do quite a lot of playing in Christchurch um there is uh a lot of theatre work which I've been involved in the last year with um and especially in Christchurch, we've got showbiz and the Court Theatre and a few other Blackboard, like Blackboard Theatre Collective. And What's the most recent show that you've done? I did Jesus Christ Superstar at the Court Theatre. Right. So tell me about that, because that is a rock opera and there's yeah. some pretty awesome guitar going on. Yeah, there's there. great guitar. It was, there are two guitar parts. Um, the other guitarist was Mike Farrar, who's a Littleton-based guitar player. He's amazing. A really great musician. Uh, we played it as like a um, like a uh, large um, rhythm section, so two keyboards, two guitars, bass, and drums. And then Richard Merritt was the musical director, and he had um, recorded all the orchestra parts on track because it's such a small space. I mean, it's hard to employ a whole orchestra for three months, six nights a week. So. Um, that was our setup for that. Uh, it was great. What was your favourite track from the show? Again, it was the least rocky one, I think. Um, possibly. There were some really great um, moments that I loved to play every time. Um, I love the track Pilot's Dream. It's a kind of a jazz form, actually. It's like an A-A-B-A jazz form. Really beautiful chords and just a wee story that kind of sets up the rest of the show. But there are great rock guitar moments. Um, there's this recurring riff. We talk about dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, it like dun, drops dun, into dun. that. It's slightly slower. Goes the tiniest bit slower. It drops into that from another type of feel, and it just is so. The band just comes together in this one massive riff. And I think I was yeah. I play the riff on guitar, and Mike comes in a bit later with some kind of wailing thing. And that yeah, every night I was just like, yes, <laughs> this bit is coming up. So there's, yeah, some great, powerful kind of rock bits in that show. Anything far off in your wildest dreams that you'd like to like to see happen? Mostly my, I just, I just keep, my focus is always coming back to trying to get better at the guitar. So, yeah, and I like the variety that I have. I like that I am, at the moment, I'm really lucky to be playing rock operas and, um, and then jazz gigs and some kind of funky stuff and yeah you know some teaching I really like doing a bit of teaching 
you can get really great students. It's a really inspiring feeling. Um, so I like that I have variety and I would want to keep that going. Uh, but yeah. So not, not any wild dreams really. I kind of like what I'm doing and I want it to get, just continue to get um, to a higher level. Heather, it's been amazing to uh, to have you on the show today. Is there yes. a track that you'd like to take us out with today? Uh, yes, I've chosen a track by Tom Waits called Lost in the Harbour. Um, last year I did a show called Alice with the Free Theatre and it was a real challenge. <laughs> it was, uh, I had to be on stage in costume and, um, and it was, uh, the band was not, like the music was not written out so we were reinterpreting this entire album and it was just one of the most fulfilling musical experiences I think and I love this track because the it doesn't really resolve together all the instruments there's like quite a big instrumentation and the lyrics are sometimes quite far ahead it's like a crashing together of all these resolutions at points where you're just not quite expecting it and it's really and the lyric the lyrics are beautiful it's like very good Tom Waits <laughs> song. So yeah, Lost in the Harbour. Over here, ladies all want sweet perfume, but there's never a rose. And over there, the roses are frightened to bloom. So Still in the heart
washing back up with my tears I still have a couple more years And then I can come Time for my track of the week. In keeping with the female guitarist theme, it's her, otherwise known as Gabriella Wilson. This comes from part two of the I Used to Know Her EP, and this recording is from the 2019 Grammys and is just amazing. I hope you enjoy this live rendition of Hard Place. you almost dead You've been testing my faith My patience yeah. And you know that I'll be headstrong But you know that you'll be dead wrong Telling me to relax when I'm reacting But I I'd rather fight Than lose sleep at night At least you're all mine Choose my heart or you I'm gonna lose, yeah What if nothing ever will change Oh, I'm caught between your love and a hard place Oh, I wish there was a right way I'm caught between Have a choice, man. Don't I have to pick my poison? How you hurt me so good, so good. And you only cause tears. You're the one who wipes them away. Maybe that's the reason I stay. I stay.
That was Hard Place by Her, live from the 2019 Grammys. Thanks so much for being here today. My guest was the exceptionally talented Heather Webb. You can find out more about what Heather's up to and even how she could be teaching you guitar by visiting gardenofsound.nz and clicking on Heather's image. I'd love to have you back same time next week for Garden of Sound. So in the meantime, keep well, keep listening and keep playing. Hi there, da.